Good morning. It's good to be here with you. Trust that uh, the hope of our Savior is present in, in our hearts and minds. I guess in this season we have the ability to be um, to cultivate that desire, that that uh, spirit of joy, as we reflect on Jesus' coming as a babe. Thank you for the prayer for your prayers this morning. I trust that uh, we will be blessed as we worship, and that my voice will cooperate. <clears throat> satisfactorily. Can you imagine coming here this morning without any laws? That opens a wide panoramic thought window. But I'd like to share with you a little bit this morning for the message And I've simply given it the title, The Laws of God. <clears throat> the Laws of God. And you might think, well, what are you saying? We think of the Scripture, we think of the Torah, we think of the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, we think of the Law of the Spirit, the New Testament connotations. I have observed that people that find themselves in a strange place, that they are not accustomed to the laws, function differently than what we would expect if we are from that home country. They may feel that they have the ability or privilege to, to cut some corners or whatever their approach is to the laws of the land because of the laws that they perceived or had where they came from. But as I was pondering what to share this, this morning, I was impressed with the fact that the laws of God take a number of different forms, and yet they, they are so essential, so imperative for our ability to understand God, for our, under, our ability to understand the need to be directed in our lives by the law of the Lord and the impact of that, that that has on our lives. Last week, Brother Jeff brought the message here and he was, uh, in, in other, along with other scriptures, he was looking there in Romans 8 and I was impressed with 8-2 um, how I was talking about, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. And in recent weeks in my involvements and meetings and relationships with people, I was impressed with the fact of that law of sin and death. The impact it has in life and the lives of people because of the choices they take. And here again, sometimes those choices are made because of, of varied elements of understanding, of perspective. 
But it's important for you and I this morning, and I have a, a I think a burden for all of us, but especially the younger generation to understand the the values of the principles of the laws of God. The laws of, you know, he sets forth in the scripture different elements of law, the ceremonial law, different things, but we can refer to, but the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sin and death. And we live in a world that does not like to identify, to acknowledge the laws of God many times. And yet they come struggling. They go through life in the captivity of the laws of sin and death. Most all of us here, I dare say there's not, there's anyone that has not violated in their own life laws you'll have to make it known but all of us have can look back and say well we have there's areas decisions we took at certain points in in life that were not good they were not for the best they were perhaps in certain situations absolutely wrong And so, as we relate to individuals who have a desire to, to express their allegiance to God and yet seem intent on making choices that are wrong, choices that are according to the laws of sin and death, the law of sin and death, they are contrary to the law of the Spirit. And yet many times those dear ones <clears throat> choose to affiliate themselves as a child of God. Now, if you were to fill out a census, uh, a religious census form, you might select among the faith, faiths that are listed there and you might check the box of what this morning? Christian? Probably. What does that mean this morning? To check a box to acknowledge your, your uh, identification as a Christian. A Christian as what? A Christian as... Answering a survey, a Christian as one who has membership in a Christian body. A Christian as one having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. A Christian as a believer. Open your Bibles to Psalm 1. Um, and maybe some of you won't have the King James, but I'd like for you to open your Bibles and stand. And uh, Brother Jeff, if you would lead the, a group reading of this psalm, Psalm 1. I invite you to stand to your feet. <clears throat>
be seated. The psalm writer noted a number of aspects of the laws of God here, did he not? It speaks of a place of blessing, a place under which the warm smile of God looks upon those that delight in the law of the Lord. The laws of God. One of the things that are important for us as God's people is to find that place of identification that we clearly and unashamedly rejoice in the ability to call him our father, to lean on him for our strength and our dependence. And one of the things that we will look at to some extent here this morning with God's help is the the battle that rages many times in people's life and experience of that battle of the laws of God that speaks to the elements of the throne, of the flesh, and of the spirit. Who is on the throne of one's life? You may have heard an illustration before utilizing, explaining the dilemma of man's life experience as one of having, as it were, two two animals of good, one of good and one of evil. And, and the one that is that you feed the most is the one that will grow. And there is some truth to that. There is some truth to that. And yet the scriptures, I believe, carry it further with regard to the laws of God and the law of sin and death. <clears throat> that calls us to a complete commitment and being united into the family of God. I think Paul uses a couple of illustrations. He uses the illustration of slavery. He uses the illustration of of marriage to help us to understand in in, uh, chapter 6 and 7, primarily of Romans, But he also uses, in that he brings out the fact that that in Christ there is no victory 
over the law of sin and death if we take the approach that we can have a polygamous relationship. That we can be married to the flesh and we can be married to Christ. It is an impossibility to experience the power of God in that extent. <clears throat> in your life, in my life, what, does, what do our lives reflect? Do they resonate with the person of the Godhead? Do they resonate with the power of the Almighty? Is there a resonance in that relationship? To resonate means to actually um, amplify the reverberations. In other words, when there is resonance in our lives, according to the word of God, there is a manifestation of his person that comes forth. There is a sounding forth of the law of God, the laws of God, the principles of God that he sets forth in scriptures, in scripture. And likewise, there is the possibility for those that, for whatever purpose or reason, take the approach, the choices of the flesh. There is the inability for those acts to, to be in tune with the law of God. You know, we have, we have an old piano there at the house and, and quite often when the family are there, there's any number of the children that are wanting to strike out some notes and, and sometimes you're very grateful that you can say, uh, please close the door <laughs> because of the dissonance, because they are not skilled in their musical abilities and yet they're wanting to play and it doesn't sound that nice always. And yet there are other times when the door may be shut and you wish it would be open because it's so pretty. Because there is an effort that is applying and manifesting the, the fruit of the laws of music. In this Christmas season we're entering into, <clears throat> we, we uh, focus quite a lot on the hope of our salvation through the babe that came in the manger. And that is well and that is good. And that, that hope that we offer this season, is it accentuated by those principles of resonance that resonate the hand of God in my life and in your life? I will briefly draw your minds back to something that I think has been referred to here at least since, and if you were there at the Berea School for the Harry Argo sharing, that concept that is so helpful to us to understand how to relate to others sometimes and how to, how to I will use the term triangulate and establish our position before God you know, when we use um, 
technology and in, in farming or or your GPS or whatever it is, there is a lot of different satellites that are out there that are giving signals and the cordon and the compilation of that group of signals can establish your position. And there there are some things similar to that spiritually that our position will only be true as our understanding of who God is by his word and our surrender to who he is as the person of God. By that what I mean is, you know, someone can come and sit in this service that is not accustomed, accustomed to the heritage we have been blessed with, many of us, and they can hear bits and pieces and they can wonder with a very limited understanding of the Word of God, they can have a quite different concept of who our mighty God is. And because of that, their sense of values, their sense of conduct will be considerably different than what we would understand to be correct. Are you following what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so we need to, as we relate and to, to live and serve and minister the good news, don't lose sight of that fact that others may see God through a different window than we do. That does not change the fact that the laws of God are set forth to us through His Word. And so we shall, by His grace and in His love, stand firm on, on that foundation and seek to reinforce our understanding of the Word of God that our perception of Him would be correctly placed. And that when we identify as His child, that all that that means to you and I will be in, in harmony with the Mighty One. <clears throat> and then that will in, in turn affect how we place our values, how we handle ourselves, our conduct, our behavior, and whether we do it with purpose or without purpose, it will also form an element of structure in our lives, in our families, in our peoples. And that is a beautiful picture when we understand that it's something that resonates with the will, the law, the purpose of God. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. <clears throat> Many of us here this morning would readily say yea and amen to those verses. And yet, how easy is it for us to say we have been dependent on the Spirit of God to protect us from some of those errors, always? Or how easy is it for us as parents to, to lay the foundation that we can help those children in our families, those coming to the age of accountability to 
understand that regardless of what they may choose to do, there are certain laws that will prevail. Certain elements, you may say, you may say well, what, what are you getting at? Many times in relating to individuals that are willing to share their struggles, they, they acknowledge their deficiencies, their failures. And many, many times <clears throat> they are tied right into the law of sin and death. Decisions and actions that are based on the flesh. I want this. I want that. This is okay. That's okay. Apart from the law of the Word of God. And so <clears throat> we quickly see that in that mixture of decisions, there can be heartache, there can be shipwreck, there can be disillusionment. A life of confusion that does not bear forth the beautiful notes of surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And yet, you and I, if we're honest, we can acknowledge and understand that we do battle in an ongoing way with elements there that can, if we allow them to take root, allow them to express themselves as a part of the flesh, we will suffer the negative impact of those very things in our lives as well. One of the things that inspired me to approach this this morning <clears throat> was my reflection on relating to individuals and needs, reflecting on the past. And, and dear ones this morning, as parents, as grandparents, you must understand one of the principles of resonance with the will of God in our lives today is the scriptural principles of learning from our elders. We live in a day and age where in a culture that has been eroding the authority of the home, of parents, of church, what have you, in many, way, many ways. And if you can help Those young ones understand that the laws of God are there for their good, for their blessing. Some time ago I heard a, a man make this comment regarding, you know, the challenging years of teenage years and depending on the heart of a child, whether there is joy and surrender in their walk or if there is rebellion. But... As it was said, he said, many times a 17-year-old doesn't know what they don't know. And as we grow older, we come to identify, perhaps in a greater extent, that which we don't know. And yet we become more fully persuaded of that which we do know. And so there is that desire in our hearts to share it, to allow them to, to enjoy the blessing 
of not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standing in the way of sinners, nor sitting in the seat of the scornful. That heart and mindset is of such great importance because where is that where there is that thought process, I will find my way as I figure it out. I don't need God. I don't need the Word of God, or I don't need my parents, or maybe I need the Word of God, but my parents just aren't too bright. Any mixture of those things, it brings a, a tendency for that person to seek confirmation with those whom they seek to identify. And when you and I are, are grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ and are, are blessed by the law of the Lord, our groundedness, our position, our comfort level of affirmation is with those that understand that blessing as well. There are many different levels that this could be illustrated. But it goes back to the importance, the deep importance of, of how we come to understand and identify ourselves. Of whose we are. The authority we look to. The authority we are under. Ultimately the authority of the Most High. I don't need to tell you, you don't need to look far around us in society to hear the elements of confusion because of the hearts of men don't know how to handle freedom without a knowledge of the laws of God. And, you know, it's easy for us to look out and see the, the broad spectrum of far-reaching, perhaps far-out manifestations of that. But it doesn't start there. It starts closer home. Think with me this morning... How close home? <clears throat> the law of sin and death can come because of wrong choices, because of wrong desires. Desires that were not submitted, rendered, devoted, consecrated to the glory of, of God. This starts early in life. The desires of the, of the flesh. The wants, the, the things that I want to acquire. I want to attain. I want to taste. I want to enjoy. Oh, the challenge of developing an understanding and a discipline in enjoying the simple things of life that will manifest those 
principles in the greater and deeper things of life. We are blessed here this morning because we, by God's grace, seek to center our lives around the laws of God. <clears throat> and yet there are many that could be here this morning because that aren't because of varying degrees of rejecting the laws of God. And have rather chosen decisions that are related to and intertwined with the law of sin and death. One thing that, that um, <clears throat> stood out to me as I was studying for this message, I'm not sure what all you think of when you think of law. But in the scriptures in the New Testament, the Greek word Law, it, it, it's used in a positive sense, it's used in a negative sense. Um, but it's, it's a word that comes out of a word to, to parcel out or to provide feed for cattle. And when you think of living one's life according to the laws the law of sin and death. It is making provision for those things that accommodate wrong choices, wrong decisions, the power of darkness versus the law of the Lord, which takes us in a different direction. It takes us toward our Creator. And so it's important for us to understand the purpose and, and power of meditating day and night. <clears throat> we live in a world that's, that's full of information. What kind of information will you imbibe? What kind of information will I fill my life with? We must lay the foundation of the Word of God. For we can't be surprised if the laws of God are not understood. For your homework assignment, not to dwell on it, but just think with me this morning. How many that spent a portion of their life here in these pews? Have made shipwreck because of wrong choices. How many broken marriages? How many have even spent time in prison? How many heartaches of less than ideal relationships? Because the laws of God we're not honored. And I know that's, in a sense, um, a negative 
picture, outlook in some ways you could say, but dear ones this morning, my heart's desire is that we by the grace of God can learn from history. That we can understand the value, the necessity that those little ones understand who God is. And that when they choose to identify with Him, they will be able to have their instrumentation properly calibrated. That their lives and their efforts and their goals will resonate with the will of God. And that's a beautiful goal to strive for this Christmas season. It's a beautiful effort to make to understand that apart from the hand of God, we cannot experience His blessing. As you reflect on the verses from Psalm 1, I trust His law is your delight. And may it give us strength to face every task before us. Shall we have a song?